Welcome to the Dead Format, episode 123. My name is Ian McEwen, and I'm joined tonight by the, what is it, Grand Wizard of the Nax Ramus raid, Thomas Smiley. <laughs> Grand Marshal. Yeah, Grand we, Marshall. Um, we were U.S. 19th, World 59th, which is pretty good. Um, a lot of people are really struggling with it. We first cleared, we cleared it one night and uh, had some pretty good times, so it was nice. So what is that? The you were the nineteenth team to finish, or you were the nineteenth yes. highest score? The nineteenth team to finish from the time it opened to the time the uh, the boss dropped. Very nice. Yeah. What day was that? Uh Thursday. So okay. uh, in there for I streamed for like seven and a half hours. It was uh, it was nice. Damn, bro. Yeah. Was uh was Wow stream on Twitch going crazy? uh it was like it was it's kind of like a i don't know like a big big few weeks there was uh, a lot of stuff happening in wow with the new expansion and this raid getting released so lots of people watching lots of that stuff yeah i dove into while we were waiting to record just now i dove into sully gnome a little like you know that website uh i don't actually it's like the twitch tracking site it provides like rankings and all the all the breakdowns from the twitch api oh okay and magic so, something i've been following from i don't remember which episode we did like a deep dive on it but just where magic was was ranked like the viewership on twitch and everything yeah and they had like a decent weekend with the whatever they had this weekend it was like the pro tour or whatever you'd call it mm-hmm. they got the most concurrent viewers since the the lockdown started with 31k but it looks really bad because they were doing that view botting shit before, if you recall. Yeah, they they hit their like high mark by like um, having a whole bunch of advertisements redirect to the stream and having it count them. Right. So they have yeah. like 120 Ks and 100 Ks. So it looks like they're down a, a ridiculous percentage year over year. Yep. But it's probably because they were just like they were cheating before. Yeah, it makes it look really bad. But also, I mean, it's just. For a pro tour, a, a concurrent high of thirty one k would have been awful before, but now you know we're dealing with another a whole different scene, right? Yeah, it, it's it's different. It's different in every way. It is, yeah, and it's you know it's entirely on arena, and I guess the production quality is really far down. Also, I, I haven't checked out any of the ones that are that are strictly on arena, but I know the paper pro tours used to have a lot put into them. And it obviously, like, they used to coincide with the new set releases, so everybody was ready to watch them to figure out what cards they needed to rush out and buy so they could play at their local stores. And, like, that whole ecosystem is just gutted now. So, yeah, I, I just I don't know what to say about it. It's really strange because, you know, you think pandemic or whatever, there's going to be in, a tick up in esports, a tick up in people playing online or whatever, so arena mtgo would do well but it's one of the only things on there where i can say that you kind of need a real life component that's like a, a solid part of your numbers right yeah so oh, for sure they've really they've fallen for the month of november they were the 50th game and they were always around 30 like for 2016 2017 2018 uh, and even this past weekend with the pro tour they were 31st i want to say on Sully. So 
it's really they're, they're kind of losing ground. I think that Paper Magic really needs to come back to help those numbers. I Oh, I completely agree. I mean, like WoW had classic WoW to bring, bring some of the numbers back and a new expansion and all of that, but I, I completely agree. Um, the Pro Tour and all of that just sort of like loses a lot of its, uh, I don't know, mystique for the common viewer when there isn't Paper Magic going on. Yeah, and the top eight, I saw the top eight today researching for the show. It was like Brad Nelson was in it. Uh, Gab Nassif was in it. Mangucci was in it. So there were some big names, obviously. Yep. And they were playing Historic and Standard as like the two formats. I guess those are the only two formats you can play on Arena, right? But it seems like it would have been like a big draw, you know? So I'm thinking that's probably the high watermark for now. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see what happens. Like, they they obviously are trying to do very creative things to promote their product, so maybe they, they try some new strategies and uh, and hit on a few things. Yep. So there was the, we had the uh, showcase this weekend, the showcase challenge for Legacy. Is that what it's called? The, the Legacy Showcase Challenge. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> and I had uh, 60-something QPs when I checked uh, during the week last week, so I was actually planning on playing the Legacy showcase mm-hmm. except i had something come up with my wife and i wasn't going to be able to play so i didn't play which really sucked but i did join a limited one because the timing was different on that and i was able to play uh opened a ship pool and dropped but then we had 214 players in the legacy showcase so seems like uh the legacy player base is like just exactly flat from six months ago yeah well i mean like legacy players are kind of like entrenched by definition um especially the online legacy players so i i can see why the um the older formats are sort of performing better uh when when it comes to like numbers and all of that yeah so what'd you do this weekend man anything good uh i just played wow a bunch i cleaned (laughs) I went food shopping. I'm trying to get like a whole bunch of stuff done. Um, I found out that uh, there was somebody who had close contact with somebody who had COVID who I had like seen a little while ago. So I don't want to talk too much about that until the tests come back and everything. But uh, Oh, you got but, tested? No, I haven't. But my, um, my, my brother is getting tested because he had contact with somebody who was positive. Oh, gotcha. And he was, at, he was at a family thing we were at. So we're... We're all sort of crossing our fingers and hoping everything's fine. Sweet. Well, yep. good luck with that. Thank you. Sounds, uh, I, I, would you have to miss work? Would you, would you, uh, I guess it would depend how serious it was, right? Yeah. Well, I'm full remote anyway. Like I, right. I'm sure that I could like take a sick day. It's not like I'm going to pass it on through the computer, but, uh, but yeah, <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm home all the time anyway. So it wouldn't make a difference. True. True. What, uh, what did you get done this weekend? Uh, we started actually Christmas shopping. It was funny, bro. I, we went to, uh, we went to like Macy's and Target and shit. And I found one of those like, uh, 16-bit Sega Genesis, like the little things, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the minis that have a bunch of games preloaded on them. Yeah, yeah. I went to pick up one of those, uh, one of the new Xboxes for, for upstairs, for my TV upstairs. And they didn't have them. Apparently they're... Sold, sold out. out everywhere yeah yep which sucked so that wasn't there but i found a bunch of those little sega things mm-hmm. 
and I just set it up like I I bought two of them because I was like, I don't know, man. Like, uh, I could just give these people as presents, right? Yep. And, dude, it, it's crazy. Like, I set one up here. First of all, I had to buy it, which which felt horrible because I had to carry it from the second floor of Target down the escalator to the checkout, check out with it. I felt like a maximum Reddit moment. You know what I mean? Like buying the buying the retro video game console yep. in my shorts, my cargo shorts or whatever. <laughs> I felt like the Apex Redditor doing that. But I, I actually had to say to the cashier, Christmas gift, so that they didn't judge me. But, uh, well, I mean, you're pl- you you started to play it like you got it. Yeah, you well, you know, it in I s- and you went right to like playing Altered Beast or whatever. Well, what happened is I saw it had Tetris, right? Oh my! So God. I I had to give it a shot, and I was very careful opening it so I can totally rebox it for Christmas. But it also secretly had Echo the Dolphin on it, bro. Okay, I remember that game. That was a sick game. That was like a <laughs> really pretty much the testament to the the 16 bit. Like it, okay. it was like a, you know what I'm trying to say? Like a, yeah, one of the best graphical 16-bit games, and it's like a platformer, right? Because you're just moving around side to side, but it's underwater, so there's like this extra depth to it. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I think the Echo was really uh, ahead of its time. Really, really. Okay. Game. Yeah, I remember. I remember playing a ton of uh, NBA Jam, and also some really good games like Shining Force and Shining in the Darkness. Um, yeah, Shining in the Darkness. I remember that one. Yep, uh, some some great great ones from back in the day. Well, there's also Fantasy Star Four. Did you ever play that? I didn't play any of the Fantasy Star games. I, I played big, Fantasy big Star Final one. Fantasy and Shining Force. Fantasy Star One came out in like '85 or something. Okay. And I got it in probably '89, and played that game for like five years, bro. That was a fucking incredible game. That game was so good that when they tried to do the re-release of the the 8-bit Sega Master System, mm-hmm. they couldn't actually figure out how the developer, the single Japanese developer, got the game onto 8-bits. So they couldn't <laughs> they couldn't actually recreate it properly. That's That's how fucking good that game was. I uh yeah, dog, oh, you're bringing me back now because I remember I remember it, obviously it wasn't for the Genesis, it was for the regular regular Nintendo. But playing the original level, the Legend of Zelda, like nonstop and replaying through it, and yep. going back to it, like when I was an adult, when my Nintendo still worked, and then when I ended up getting a Wii and it had like the old emulator where you could buy the games for, um, and, and just like playing through it a bunch. Man, yep. I love that game. Yeah, Zelda. Sick game. Echoes. Echoes tough, bro. Like I was trying to play it earlier, and like. Every level is like this crazy puzzle that you you have to, uh, and I mean you you do it. You just have to figure it out for yourself, and you have to learn the hard way. Like it's not like, I don't know, man. I, I've played a lot of uh, it's like the original Dark Souls. Yeah, exactly, bro. Exactly. <laughs> um, did you ever play Spyro the Dragon for PS One? Uh, I remember it, but I, okay. I never had it. Okay, then never mind. Never mind. Was that difficult? No, no, it wasn't really difficult. It wasn't difficult at all. But it reminded me of the same like visual aesthetic as Echo. It's oh, like you're okay. playing like this cute little this cute little thing trying to work your way through the world. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like I, I kinda wanna fire up Fantasy Star 4, but I'm a little nervous. And I remember also like Fantasy Star. I loved the first game and I got the second game and I was really disappointed. And I remember reading about it at some point that it's sort of like Star Wars, I guess, in in, in a way, because 
every one of the games is is totally different. It's not like the same team worked on it or the same characters are carried over or anything. It's just like they they were almost um, licensing the the name Fantasy Star to these different develop game development companies, you know. Mm-hmm. So some of them like are are rated like a two out of 10 and some of them are rated like a nine out of 10, you know? Yeah. There's no continuity. So I don't know if four is supposed to be a good one or a bad one. Okay. I, so I haven't played any of them. I can't give you any feedback on that. Yeah. Well, maybe somebody has, let me know. I'll, uh, maybe I'll waste a hundred hours of my life. Maybe not. <laughs> we'll see. hundred hours. It's a good hundred hours. Yeah. You always feel bad when you're done with it and you go like check your play time and you're like, Jesus, did I spend that much time doing all of that but you accomplish something that's what we live for yeah there's definitely an aspect of that like uh, I, I i do i did enjoy role-playing games more than the other games as a kid mm-hmm. yeah i was 50 50 i'd get like super into a role-playing game and just grind the hell out of it and finish it and then move on to other games and then end up getting into like a good rpg um so yeah the final fantasy series like way back in the day and all the Zelda games, and then Shining Force was uh, was my jam. Yep. So because we had the challenge this weekend, we decided sort of late. We recorded with Leaving a Legacy last week. If anybody hasn't listened to it, uh, I suggest you listen to that probably before this. It was uh, <laughs> it was fun. We we got a little sloppy. I got a little sloppy, I should say. But Justin, I think Justin pieced it together pretty well. And we had fun like we always do with our boys at Leaving a Legacy. And I wanted to thank them for having us on again. Yeah, that was a really good time. Every time we get together, like, we have a plan for... Actually, no, we don't have a plan for what we're going to talk about. But, like, we have potential magic topics, and then we just end up shooting the shit. It's, uh, it's always a good time. Yeah, definitely. So we had that last week, and it sort of... I don't know, it threw my schedule off a little, so I didn't think about guests at all for this week. I also thought that I would have my tournament to talk about until Sunday morning when I figured out I couldn't play anymore. Mm-hmm. But I was going to play like a dead guy deck and, and talk about that. But uh, we decided this morning, maybe we should get Tom Cairns on. But then at six or 7 PM, he got a call like a code red or whatever. He had to fly to some city in Canada to do some sort of life saving Tom Cairns shit. So he's not here either. So it's just us talking about rug decks for the next hour. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll be kind of even, like rug in, rug in the tournament, I guess. Wait, what? What's up? I said I was trying to I was trying to transition into the the topic of the cast notes where it says that Rug Delver had a, a whole bunch of players. And oh, I got gotcha. you. Percent win rate. I was trying to I was trying to do it, Ian. I thought it was some sort of a a rug, like a carpet joke that you were making that I was just totally missing. No, I mean I could use some carpeting upset. Never mind. I don't want to. Some sort of a some sort of a bazaar, like a rug trading bazaar. There's probably something there. Okay. Okay. But yeah, we had obviously these showcase challenges. We've talked about this before. It's the chalkiest of chalk. We had obviously Hull Breacher and Opposition Agent came online. And we've seen those showing up quite a bit over the past two weeks. I guess maybe close to three weeks at this point. Mm-hmm. The courts, uh, court of whatever the white and blue ones are called, I have also seen people play them, but I haven't seen people... I haven't seen anybody go all in on them and, and make a make a claim that like their whatever deck they're playing is the best version of the deck. Yeah, yeah. 
including a court. Yep. So that's not that hasn't really been been a, a player yet. I haven't seen Fall from Favor show up yet either. But we have certainly seen Hull Breacher and Opposition Agent. And I expected to see more of them in this tournament, man. I'm not going to lie. They well, were... I think, isn't the availability like so just screwed up online right now? Do you think that there's enough available copies for like the chalk, for it to get into the chalk? Or is it, are they still kind of hard to get? I don't actually... I mean, Hull Breacher is definitely hard to get. Opposition Agent has come down more than half since it started. Okay. So I, I wouldn't say the opposition agent has a real big uh, problem with availability. Mm-hmm. Hull Breacher is, is definitely higher up there, and you can definitely make the case. But also, you know, whatever deck somebody's playing with Hull Breacher, it's not like there's the best Urza Echo list right now, right? Yeah. Or the the best, you know, Snowco, including Hull Breacher or in the sideboard or whatever. Yep. So the challenge kind of isn't the time where you see people experiment. I really am surprised, though, to see no Hall Breacher or Zacho decks in, in this top 32. Yeah, I, I would assume that um, we would have seen Hall Breacher just because, um, just because it, it was seeing quite a bit of hype and somebody would have tried playing it. But, um, I mean, there, there could be many reasons. Card availability could be one of them uh, that, we don't, that we don't see it here. I yeah. could just, like just not be a super efficient card and everybody just talks about like the new hotness and then it fades away um but i don't know i i kind of like those cards yeah no definitely and the reason we were going to have tom cairns on uh is not because he's a last minute grab or anything it was because they whoever it was if it was chronicler i forget but whoever posted the deck lists tag the spicy decks and tom's was tagged because he was playing like a bug uh control bug mid-range control list you know a tom karen sort of list but he yeah. had opposition agents and hull breachers i believe three opposition agents and two hull breachers in his main deck that's some that's some spice yeah so he he deserved i think you know to get the mic and he actually started out 5-0 he was in first place uh, at like you know 4 p.m or whatever before oh, man and was it eight or eight or nine rounds of swiss nine rounds so he was wow. 5-0 and ended up 6-3 he dropped a couple to snowco and mm-hmm. i forget what else he, he he lost another round but the the two to snowco are the ones i recall so i was talking to him about it off and on nice that's that's a really good performance anyway like it's oh, yeah having that having that awesome start and then having like sort of the wheels fall off at the end or like you lose a close one or two and you're like, oh, what could have been if the if the wheels kept on going? But nice job, Tom. Yeah, for sure. So hopefully we'll get him on again soon, hopefully before the end of the year. But just to review what happened, we had Slot. I don't know who Slot is, honestly. I've never seen this this player. It might just be somebody's other account. Bur- burner account. Yes, yeah, first place Slot playing a Snowco deck. Like a Dead of Winter. At this point, I think it's the naming conventions are sort of settled that Snowco is going to be any any any, know, Astrolabe. any Astrolabe's uh, Oko deck. Well, with Dead of Winter, and then if it's playing Terminus, then you call it Bant Miracles, I guess. Okay, okay, okay. Which is kind of weird, and people had started doing that already. I'm not really in love with that, but it's fine, I guess. 
the decks are just so similar, you know what I mean? Like, a lot of times, you can play a whole game one against them and not even know which one you're playing against if you don't see a... Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy that you can have a deck with Leovold that you're not sure whether or not it's going to have Terminus. Like, that that just sort of... I guess it's not mind-blowing because the mana base is just the way it it has been for a while. But uh, looking at the deck list of decks today compared to two or three years ago is just mind-blowing what what you can do yeah and i really i mean i've said this a hundred times but i really would just like to see astrolabe go but whatever it's, it's not gonna happen for now so i mean you get a sign outside watsy yeah yeah hopefully soon but anyway the first place deck we had three ice fang Coatle, three uro one leo three oko so no teferi three no jason mind sculptor this is a very sleek package mm-hmm. only three planeswalkers like this deck has evolved over the past three or four months where it used to have like sometimes upwards of six or seven planeswalkers like three oko two teferi two jace or sometimes you'd see one jace and, and one other even planeswalker i can't think of all the ones they played over the year over the past mm-hmm. few months but this is a, a much more compact spell-based deck. Two abrupt decays and one trophy. Three brain or sorry, four brainstorms, four ponders, two dead of winter, two cling to dust, one force of negation, four force of will, four plows, and two sylvan libraries. Yeah, I mean it's just like full of like super cheap interaction. Yeah. Uh, in addition to those um, sort of recursive and powerful threats, super like the mana curve is so much lower in this iteration than we've seen in previous ones, and um, it's I, I really like it. Yeah, this particular version, too, seems to me more tuned to beat Delver decks than to sort of compete against a wide meta, which is mm-hmm. kind of what you want to be doing with the showcase, right, and probably why this player did so well. Yeah. Because you have seven spot removal spells in the main deck, plus two Dead of Winters. You know, you have four Plows, two Decays, and a Trophy along with your dead of winters and you don't have like main deck counter spells other than force of wills and for then the one force of negation like there's no um uh actual counter spell dovin's veto uh drown in the lock like a lot of things we've seen in this deck in the past mm-hmm. not not included here this yeah is... i mean like just five five force of will effects one of one of which is like legitimately hard castable and when you when you take a look at the sideboard like you're still playing a bunch of interaction. Um, you have your veil and your four blasts split between them, um, plus plus a mind break trap and some permanent based stuff like meddling mage. Uh, so even though it's not playing those, the deck is still like super interactive. Yeah, for sure. And I'm a huge proponent of mind break trap after playing it, whenever it was during the Eternal Weekend when I was playing a lot of Legacy. I basically am always going to run one of those when I play this deck. Mm-hmm. It was so much better than I thought it would be. So, yeah, two meddling mages in the sideboard as well. You might have just mentioned that, but obviously a strong deck, strong sideboard did well for this meta game. Second place is actually kind of crazy though. This is a bomberman with uh, Urza, so it's like a blue white bomberman, mm-hmm. blue white colorless. I guess you could call it because there's two spatial contortions in here. That's a colorless deck anyway, right? So. This is. I'm not sure. Well, is it really colorless? Like you're playing rangers and salvagers. 
Right, you're playing Rangers and Salvagers. Okay, it's mostly colorless, yeah. Yeah, well, I just mean like you have uh, official colorless mana costs. Oh, okay, edition. sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you, I yeah. got you, I got you. And we, we've talked about Bomber Mana a fair bit, and it's you know it's been good over the years, but I, I'm not, or over the year, <laughs> two years we've been casting or whatever it is, but... I, I don't think we've ever really talked about this version. Like, this is... The only blue card we're including here is Urza, and then there's Azoria Signet in there. Mm-hmm. And the payoffs for going infinite with Bomberman are your three walking ballistas and four stone coil serpents, which is sort of just like a card. Yeah, I mean, I don't... I wouldn't consider those a payoff for going infinite. Like, you just get, like, a big guy, right? It's really you're looking for the ballista, but you can um, churn through your deck, and uh, you can. Um, what can you do with Rangers? No, there's no recursion or anything. I was about to say like maybe you could. Um, yeah, forget it. Forget it. Yeah, Rangers is is it is something you can get off Rangers though. I mean, you're gonna get Ballista if you're gonna combo right, but mm-hmm. Stone Coil Serpent if you draw it, it's sort of like just a bad walking Ballista, but when you draw it. It, it's not a dead card, right? You can just cast it on two and buy some time or, you know, whatever, fit it in your curve. But if you if you are going to go infinite, like, you know, you have three ballistas in your main deck and four Karns, but maybe you don't find it. This sort of just gives you more things to do with all your mana. Mm-hmm. So I do like this build, man. I think it's, it's very tight, very... Uh, very flexible i guess for not being a brainstorm deck it seems to have a lot of ways to use your cards like you have the rangers that you were talking about where you, you have cards sort of play like the mid-range value beatdown plan yeah and, and yeah. tutor stuff and you then you have also urza to go find shit which is also a part of the uh mana sync aspect of the deck right mm-hmm. and then you have your cards to find shit from your sideboard or you know just just keep drawing cards so there really is like a, a decent amount, and you have your uh, no, you don't have any bubbles, sorry. But you you do have a decent amount of velocity for not playing cantrips, right? This seems to me like a a very uh, resilient version of Bomberman. Mm-hmm. I could agree with that. And I wouldn't hate playing this deck. Like I I would hate playing like a mono white Bomberman. So yeah, Canacan second place, very nice job. Uh, d- dude, I didn't even notice until now the Gyruda in the sideboard. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what that's for. Well, I guess when uh, you go when you go infinite, you can like uh, companion it out. Yeah, I mean you can just cast it, right? Okay. I mean, why not? You have to discard your hand with Lotus uh, with uh, excuse me. So I guess if you have like double lines, I diamond. You might be able to, um, uh, like, mill yourself into a Salvagers and put it into play. and go Yeah, or, t- or just turn yeah. one, you know, uh, Lion's Eye, Lion's Eye, Gyruda, hit a Urza or whatever, right? Yep. Yeah, okay. Like, I, can, I can get behind that. Yeah, it is. That's actually really cool, man. I didn't even notice that till right now. But what are you sacrificing in this deck to play? To play that guy Ruta in the sideboard. Like, what three would this deck normally play? Uh, I mean, I think usually the deck is just zeros, zeros, and fours, 
Um, obviously, there's like, I guess, some twos sprinkled in, but most of what you would see wouldn't be one because you're playing Chalice. Um, maybe, uh, maybe you would be playing some uh, some three cost artifact, maybe Ensnaring Bridge. Um, right, but, true. But that that's part of the card package in the sideboard, yeah. so you can you can get around that main deck uh, and play Garuda. So also like revealing Garuda probably puts um I, I don't know if people still play people don't play Garuda decks anymore but uh um but it in the past would have like signaled something else not Bobber Man. Yeah, for sure. It would signal like some sort of weird reanimator clone shit, you know, whatever whatever weird thing they might be doing, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I can totally see that and it makes a lot of sense, honestly. I if you can play it for free, like if you're giving up, I don't even know what this deck would be giving up, like what three this deck would play anyway. I guess maybe Teferi, three mana Teferi is the only thing I could think of that possibly this deck could want. Yeah, I could see that for sure. Or like a Narset maybe, but you, it's not even you know. I, I would think I would think more uh, the bounce bounce Teferi. Yeah, exactly. like silent. Yeah, the. Shut off your opponent's turn, Teferi. Yeah. Oh, Psy. I guess Psy Master Thopterus sometimes they would play. Okay. But I haven't seen that. that that's about with, it. With Urza. I think Urza kind of took the place of that, but yeah. Yeah. So that that's about it. So, you know, if it's free, it's free, right? Just play it. And I'm sure it's, it's sure out of, if you're playing 12 rounds, like between 24 and 36 matches, I'm sure it was relevant in one of those. Yeah. You're, you're right. So, yeah, pretty cool. And then, you know, the normal board with Karn that you'd have, your LED, your Ensnaring Bridge, your Tormod's Crypt, Mycosynth Lattice, Walking Ballista, so you can get any part of the combo you need. Or if you're in trouble, you can get a Crypt or a Bridge. And then three Containment Priests and two Cast Outs are the legitimate sideboard cards here. Yeah. So, yeah, really, really, uh, really nice tournament for Canacan. And I like the deck. There, there's, I have no deck building critique. Uh, no, <laughs> no, I'm not, I don't get to put my critical theory degree into uh, into play here. I have nothing. Your critical theory degree. Yep. Is that what it's called? So third, <laughs> third place Medvedev with blue red Delver. So we're gonna talk about this a little bit later. But one of the best performing, actually the best performing deck having multiple pilots I, th I believe there were like six or, or something pilots maybe maybe eight six to eight pilots for blue red delver mm -hmm. highest win percentage to f fully uh just short of two-thirds of their games won or matches won i should say yeah i mean i think i think this this was a very good tournament to play blue red delver again the curve is super low you're able to burn people out um the the Dread Horror Delver engine is like super powerful and no matter what shell you play. So um uh that's that's just what what we're talking about. Yeah. So there's there's all the stuff we talked about with Blue Red Delver. I remember we talked about it a lot when Topher was on, how you have a leg up in, in your Delver mirrors because you have basic lands. You know, you can you can sort of dictate whether whether it's going to be a mana denial game or not, because you can 
you can fetch your basics if you want. Yep. But I honestly don't know. Like, if I was expecting a lot of Snowco decks, I don't know that I would have chosen Blue Red Delver. So, what do you think? Of, for the rest of the meta, I, I totally understand why Blue Red Delver is a good choice. But for the Snow decks, what do you think, besides the haste on Sprite Dragon, right? What do you what do you think is appealing about this deck right now? So I mean I I'm not sure how the Snowco matchups already like went. We're talking about like the net win percentages of the decks, right? And they're both like in very similar ranges. Snowco was sort of like right underneath where the Blue Red Delver Shell was. Yeah, but we don't have like a deck. like a head to head breakdown. We don't know whether or not this deck was favored against Snowco, which like you kind of wouldn't think that it would. Right, I um, wouldn't know. So maybe this is just like uh, other decks are trying to pray uh, or trying to trying to tune themselves to beat Snoko because Snoko was one of like the the more popular top performing decks, and Blue Red Delver just sort of beats up on the decks that are tuning themselves to beat Snoko. Yeah, uh, definitely and possible. Has an edge in the Delver Mirror. Yeah, the Delver Mirror combo decks. That's the times when I really want to play Blue Red Delver, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, there there are combo decks for sure. There's Doomsday. A lot of people are playing Doomsday decks. But not really a lot of show and tell or anything like that, right? So it's interesting. I, I didn't really see this coming, but obviously eight players played it. So some people must have thought it was good. I believe Jarvis played it. So that's a pretty big endorsement of it right there. Yeah, I mean, that win percentage just could have been small sample size with very good pilots too. True, true. So there's always that. Yep. So fourth place, Wombo Combo, playing the Miracles, quote-unquote Miracles. Actually, there's a Court of Cunning in this deck. I didn't notice that before. There's an Arc, Arc Mage's Charm and a, uh, and a Shark Typhoon, too. Yeah, this is almost the exact list I played in Eternal Weekend, actually. I, I had a Caracas in my deck. Mm-hmm. Did you have main deck Carpenter Flowers, too? I did, yeah. That's craziness. Yeah, well, someone had done well with it. I, I I just copied someone's list and changed a card or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'd lost to it in the Friday Eternal weekend, so that was part of the motivation for doing it. But Okay. Yeah, one Archmage Charm, two Terminus. This is basically the deck that I played. And it's a strong deck, obviously. Yeah, I didn't do I didn't do it justice, but Wombo <laughs> Combo. Car- carpet flowers into Jason Mind Sculpt is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, and Shark Typhoon, like, uh, and the Court of Cunning edition is is a pretty nice alternate angle to attack from too. Mm-hmm. That card is just is gross. I mean, if you're this deck has four plows, one Archmage Charm, I guess technically, but two Terminus and three Coatles to back up the court to like stop yeah. people. And the Shark Typhoon kind of stops them, too. If you can mill your opponent, you know, 30 or 40 cards before they can deal with this, that's that's big game, right? Oh, for sure. Um, obviously, like, there's some there's some interactions where, like, uh, you're filling their graveyard can be a negative. But if you're, if you're chunking them for that much in a slow and grindy matchup, you're, you're, doing, you're doing something that's really good. Yeah, it's pretty nice because it gives this deck... Like a sort of a Clothis sort of a card, but you don't have to reach into to casting a red-green card in your main deck. Mm-hmm. 
this deck is still a uh, cyborg blast deck, but you know you don't want to have to have to be fetching red and the volcanic islands in the sideboard also. So yeah, it does give this deck you know something hard to deal with, like an alternate hard to deal with win condition in the main, a way to potentially end games quickly. So I don't know. I I I haven't played with this card in this sort of shell, so I don't really know what to think about it. But it is cool to see it show up. I did notice that before. Yeah. Uh, fifth place, Max Dorshin playing Delver. I talked to our buddy Barkus. Uh, I'm sorry, did I say Delver? Playing Doomsday. I talked to our buddy Marcus, and I believe he was playing a pretty similar list to this uh, last week, and I, I imagine he played it in this tournament as well. But this is uh, this is sort of where Doomsday is at, right? This is like the Strix version. Mm-hmm. Uh, back when we had... Uh, uh, Martin Nielsen on like three months ago. He was talking about playing Strix to improve the Delver matchup and claiming that this deck had a good matchup against everything but Delver. So that that could still be true, right? Yeah, I mean, it was like very similar builds, very similar card choices, um, same sort of kill conditions. It's obviously a super powerful combo deck. And if that's if if you believe that the the meta is sort of dominated by Snowco. This is absolutely a direction that you can go. Yep. Yeah, not surprising to see this as the combo deck of, of choice. Cavern of Souls into Thassa's Oracle is really tough to deal with for pretty much every deck. So Yeah. And this next one in sixth place, um, just 12 post. Um, another way that you can sort of attack those slow, controlling Snowco decks is just play Primeval Titan and then cast in Eldrazi. That's that's one way of doing it. Yeah, this deck is sick. It, it's like, you know, the Reclaimer post, the, the four Elvish Reclaimer version of this deck. If you don't have Wastelands, right, if you don't have, like, a, a turn turn one Wasteland or a turn two uh, Assassin's Trophy or something, mm-hmm. you're losing game one to this deck. Yeah, well, this deck, this deck is nuts when you allow it to develop its mana base. Like... Obviously, you probably don't want to play Delver. Um, the Delver matchup, like Wastelands, Wastelands and Dazes, can really set you behind, but uh, this deck is super powerful. Yeah, and I didn't see it on the multiple players breakdown at all. So this might have been one of only, you know, one or two players playing this deck in general in this tournament, right? Yeah, I mean, 12 host isn't like a... Um, or mono green post isn't like a super common deck uh just you don't see it that often no so just to just to review it's like the four expedition map four pithing needle four one spot time four crop rotation four zenith with four elvish reclaimers and three prime times and then one ulamog one kozilek one emmercool one rounding up excavator one walking ballista one reclamation sage yeah i just like I am not sure, and maybe it's just my super inexperience with the deck, why you would be playing a deck like this that has access to four Zenith, and I know you'd like you probably just really want to get your Reclaimer and Primeval Titan, so you never want to worry about maybe gra- grabbing a Dryad Arbor. But it seems like Oh interesting. It seems like in a mana base like this, having access to maybe a green sun zenith for dryad arbor that you might be able to crop rotate away on the next turn and still have like your mana available could be could be useful 
But again, like I, I haven't played the deck like this in a really long time, so um, I, it was just weird to see kind of like a big mana like deck like that, um, not not have access to Green Sun Zenith into Dryad Armor. That is really interesting. The sideboard is super tight too. It's four Carpet of Flowers, four Force of Vigor, four Mind Break Traps, two Surgicals, and a Tabernacle. Yeah, I mean you know you know what your bad matchups are that you need to shore up. Yeah, yeah. This player obviously into play. This player obviously knew what they were trying to do. Uh, you have stuff like Bajukabog and Caracas in the main deck, Mazabeth, Glacial Chasm. So you can beat decks like Infect and 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 Dredge. You know, decks where normal decks don't have any sort of main deck card to deal with. Yeah, Those I mean, decks, like to be honest, though, you're probably not going to beat Infect. Probably not, but you, I guess you, you can know. always get that like like got you crop rotation, but I think in, in the real world that's probably not not reasonable. Yeah, crop rotation into into chasm or into uh maze of it or whatever is uh something that they don't really see coming, something that's pretty nice, but you you clearly need your cyborg cards in this deck. Yeah. It's a good deck though. I mean it's I can think of a lot of reasons to play this deck right now, is what I guess what I'm trying to say. Yeah, if you're going to play against Soko all day, it's uh, it's great. Yep. Uh, Keo Aggro in seventh place with a Rug. This is the, actually the first appearance of Rug Delver that we're seeing in this tournament. It is... <laughs> yeah, so this is basically Blue-Red Delver with Oko, right? Yeah, like it's got... I was about to say when I spilled my drink, um, it's got Sprite Dragon and Chain Lightning. Yeah. It's really blue-red with Oko. This is not when you say, oh, okay, you're playing against Rug Delver. This is not what you imagine. Um, no, not at all. No, so, you're right. yeah. And there's a, a basic island and a basic mountain in this deck. So it's not like a, you know, a Rug Delver sort of sleek mana base or anything. It's just two traps to play two Okos and ancient grudge and clothes in the sideboard which are you know the really important cards in the sideboard you still get to play them uh maybe not veil of summer but the other ones and then you know you're just giving up your tarmogoy for hooting mandrills or what have you i really like this build i've thought about playing this build a few times i've never actually put it together but it's nice to see that it is doing well bro scroll over the card ancient grudge for a second um do you see that artwork yeah, is that from the secret layer? Is it a secret layer? It looks like it's from like Portal Three Kingdoms or some shit. I know. I think it's from like the secret layer. Pup. Hold on. Is there a secret layer puppers? Is that what you're about to say? I thought there was. There could be. I don't know. Uh yes. So it's every dog has its day. Secret layer. Oh my. And God. Um, that's the 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 puppers ancient grudge. That's a real thing. I'm sorry. It's a pug destroying a mirror. Yeah. It's actually actually that's kind of funny. It's like the pug. It's got, it's got a great yeah. art. I I <laughs> I do respect this art as as much as I hate to say it. Yeah. It looks like it came from the arts and crafts section of Magic TCG or whatever. But yeah, I feel I feel dirty that I do know the um the secret layers. <laughs> it it is not the worst secret layer art I've seen. I'll I'll say that much. If they printed just, like, the ability to turn all of your cards into puppy artwork, I mean, I would look into that, right? <laughs> like your uh, Force of Wills? Yeah, I guess I guess Wolverine could be considered a pupper. But yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> Bro, we had uh, somebody reached out to us this week and said uh, they appreciated that I was uh, a nice counterweight to the uh, New England Magic seed. Yeah. <laughs> so rounding out the top eight, we've got uh, Ocean Soul 92 with Blue Red Delbert. This is almost not, the same list. Not Oko. This is Blue Red Delver, one main deck, Red Blast. And yeah, the same list we talked about before, basically. Uh, almost exactly, actually. Yeah, pretty much. And we have actually a ninth, I feel like mentioning this, because we we might have this guest on soon, right? Well, I mean, I'll, I'll ask him. I'm, I'm not yeah. sure. I'm not sure if he remembers me. But Tom Tom Pep is awesome, and I know he's been playing like the five color mana base with um with his depth deck, and uh, he's obviously like insane at it. And he, he ended up coming in ninth and just bubbling out of top eight. But congratulations to him. Yeah, this is Rainbow Depths, I guess is is what their kids are calling it now. And actually, I saw in eleventh place, uh, Michael Mapson was playing. Also, Rainbow Depths. So the list is a little different actually because. What Tom is playing a one Elvish Reclaimer and four Spirit Guides and Mapson's playing three Spirit Guides and no Reclaimer. I mean it's but, like it's like a two or three card different list. Yeah, basically the same list. Uh main deck, yep, yep, pretty much the same. Uh also crop rotation. Oh no, I'm sorry, not crop rotation. Uh once upon a time. Mm-hmm. Mapson's playing one spot of time and half is that's that's the big difference i guess in the main deck okay so yeah other than that i guess we could world, talk about tom's world, world gorgeous dragon in 13th there's oh, world God. gorgeous dragon in 13th i did not see that there's world gorgeous dragon in 13th dusk, dusk mental guild page let's go <laughs> and tom karen's in 19th with the uh poor breakers i guess uh Three Okos, two Hall Breachers. He's basically just flossing, right? Three Okos, two Hall Breachers. Uh, three Opposition Agent, two Uro, one Snapcaster, four Coatl, one Leovold. Yeah, two Dead of Winter, two he's, Library. He's playing, yeah, Vault. He's playing as like, if I get to three mana and the game's even, uh, I got some powerful threats to be able to drop. So well, every card in this deck costs three mana, right? It's it's mono three drops. Yeah, yeah. When he sent it to me, I was like, uh, and the, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, you know, I can't really critique this list because it does have three drowns for turn two. It has three assassins trophies, three drowns, and obviously it's got all the free counter magic, like the force of negations, the force of wills, mm-hmm. and four ice fang coatles. So you're gonna have something to do on turn two, right? That's true. Not so not I, too much to do on turn one. No, no. It's basically Astrolabor bust, but they don't know that, right? That's true. So this deck, obviously, Tom has a good idea of what he's doing. He's built a lot of these sort of crazy Jund bug decks, you know. It's just sort of like a Jund of, of Legacy deck with uh, with the Astrolabe mana base and every expensive card on Moto. That's <laughs> true. It's true. So yeah, congrats, starting out 5-0, starting out strong, doing our cast proud. And yeah, other than that, you want to get into the deck breakdown, the uh, how people did overall? Yeah, I mean, like, again, it's a small sample size, so like you, 
you take a look at all of the stuff. I mean, Rug Delver is significant. It's just like straight up even um, with like 250 matches played. So so that's significant. Yeah. Um, but when when you take a look at the smaller sample size stuff, like um, like Death and Taxes with a pretty poor win, win rate, but only playing 30 matches, I, I don't know if you can dig too deeply into that. Right, like, right. Rainbow Depths only had four people playing it, but had a very good win rate. Um, Dredge had two people playing it, and they crushed the tournament. So, yeah. I mean, like, you can't just take a look at, like, a 70% win rate from Dredge and be like, okay, like, Graveyard Hate's kind of at a low right now. Maybe it's time to break out the Dredge. Even though that could be, like, the correct assumption, it's just, like, that's a slippery slope to go down. Well, especially when Hogak is at 7 and 13 with five players, right? Yeah. So, that's the other Graveyard deck, and it, it basically did the opposite of what Dredge did. So Yeah. Um, I mean, Dredge is a little bit more explosive, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and, um, yeah, there's that. But I think that Snoko kind of has that target on its head. It had, like, the most players with the highest win rate of the most matches played. Um, yeah. And uh, and- I, I guess Blue-Red Delver, too. But you, you kind of can't, like... You can't say, okay, I'm really just going to go crush Blue-Red Delver today. That's, like that you're missing a large proportion of the metagame when you're trying to do something like that. Yeah, and if you combine the the Bant Miracles deck with the, you know, six-card different Snoko deck, mm-hmm. you're talking about 98 and 94, which is pretty close to 500, right? Obviously, the, the version with Black did better than the version with Terminus mm-hmm. in terms of, of the win rate in this small event. Uh, it, was, it was 15 games over while the other one was 11 games under. So that, you know, that seems significant, but basically if you add it all up, you're talking about just about 500 with the deck overall, with the sort of Astrolabe control decks. Yeah. But yeah, like you mentioned, and thank you to Janky B, and I, I believe our, our buddy Joe Dyer had a hand in, in putting this data together too, or at least he called for someone to, to, to do it and might have helped, but shout out to, to Janky B for helping put this together. 117 wins, 117 losses for Rug Delver. We talked about Snoko and Bant already. Doomsday, 10 players, about, went about 500. Lands, 9 players, went 500. Uh, Elves, 8 players, went 7 games under. The big story to me, honestly, is Blue Echo, 6 players, went 12 and 17. Mm-hmm. Maybe the deck's just not as good as I think it is, but... I, I expected Blue Echo to be the story of the tournament, honestly. I expected it to be, like, ten players and putting at least one, maybe two, into the top eight. Yeah. Based on what we've seen in, like, the recent challenges and league results and, and what people have been playing against online, it seemed like there was a lot of Blue Echo players and they just didn't show up for this event or didn't do well. Yeah, well, I mean, like, there there was a decent amount, um, but uh, but it seemed like the... Decks near the top were really sort of poised to fight combo if they weren't um, if they weren't Stoko and uh, or or were combo themselves. So I can see sure. how that can sort of happen. Yeah, force and negation is really the card that that deck doesn't want to see, right? And it seems like everybody is up on force and negation now. Yeah, like all all the blue de- all the blue decks are force force and negation. Like that's just that's the world we're living in. Yeah, generally two force negations is what we're seeing. Uh, some people are even going up to three, but going to one actually seems kind of dangerous right now. So we're we're generally seeing six forces with two force negations. Yeah, I think the average is probably like five point seven five or something like that. You do see five quite a bit, 
Um, yeah. But but six is definitely the the uh, the mode. I want to. I, I don't actually know what Force and Negation... Last time I checked, Force of Wills were like 29 ticks and Force and Negations were like 40 ticks. I think Force and, and I, Negation spiked. I think it did too. And I think that this is a lot of the reason why. And I wonder how much that affects you know, people not wanting to play three or four of them because okay. we had seen people for a while even cutting down force of wills like playing like three force of wills and two force negations right Mm -hmm. and i haven't seen that in a while so force negation in paper is 50 bucks online it's 85 jeez yeah there was like a a speculation site that opened up where you can um where you can like gamble on the tcg player index i'm not exactly sure how it works really um yeah but they were i saw somebody post a picture of like the price of force negations on that site and um i don't actually know what the site is but i know that i saw it so i'm not making it up um so i'll try to find out that information i'm definitely not interested in getting involved in that but uh but yeah that that happens that's so corrupt because you can just list things and right like i don't know if it goes by sold um i don't know how much action there is on there i don't know right. if like taking a card that has a uh, like a very minimal supply and buying it up like affects all of that but right uh we'll leave that we'll leave that up to the to the um those people i was trying to come up with like a derogatory term turn them but um uh oh i don't need to do that yeah jeremy aronson sent me like a very nice a very nice uh yeah wait wait, wait 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 what is that what are you talking about he sent you something yeah, I got the I got the car and great creator and the little letter in the mail. The thing you were Wait, like, why? why didn't I get one? Yeah, why didn't I get one? Because you know, you, did you register for the legacy tournament? Yeah. Did you get your money back? No. Did you give him your updated address when no. you moved to Ohio? Of course not. That's why. I didn't know that there was going to be something coming in the mail. Now you know. He talked about it. Jerry I have talked him, about it. I have they, him they muted on Twitter. Beforehand. Ah, fuck. It's one of, I have like three people in the whole universe muted on Twitter. He's one of them because there's just too many buy-sell posts. Like, I don't I don't want to see magic buy-sell shit. Well, yeah, then, then don't follow magic vendors who that's their livelihood. Right, right. No, I'm not, I don't begrudge him that, <laughs> but I, I did yeah. have to mute it eventually. I got you. Ah, fuck. Yeah, it's probably sitting in my old mailbox or something. Oh, well. Rip. Say la vie. Hopefully it wasn't the Black Lotus or whatever. I don't, I don't know if he sent out a Lotus. Probably not. But Anyway, yeah. So that was the showcase challenge. We hopefully will have one of the closer to the top finishing players on next week. Is there anything else in the meantime you wanted to discuss, or no? I need like I need eight more followers to hit affiliate on Twitch. Oh shit! I just that? like is that ten followers total? No, it's fifty. Oh, so wow. I hit all of like the metrics. I just need like eight more followers. I even have like the hours streamed and everything, and like my average viewer number is 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 good. Um, all right, McBain, so yeah. you know what to do. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll post it on Twitter if you want to watch some. Uh, hot world of warcraft action get get it your boy (laughs) all right bro and yeah i think that's all we got i 
I am probably going to miss have the second highest score in the league and miss my fancy playoffs. So I'm very angry at life right now. And yeah, that's uh, that's. Oh no! If you want to find Tom on Twitter, how can you do that? You can find me at tsmilemtg. You can follow the cast at deadformatcast. And that's deadformatcast at gmail.com. Yeah, my fantasy football football teams have been doing so dumpy this year. I kind of like tuned it out. So I might backdoor myself into the playoffs in my money league, but uh, it's yet to be determined. Well, good luck, bro. Thanks, man. All right, that's a wrap.